Welcome to the AdWoke Podcast. My name is Brett Craig, and here's my story. I'm a former chief creative officer that worked at two of the biggest ad agencies on the West Coast for some of the most famous brands in the world. About two years ago, I was canceled for a five-year-old casting email that someone posted on Instagram. I used some imperfect language. It was taken out of context, and it all happened in the middle of the racial tensions of 2020. The social media mobbing that ensued in the comment section below my email posted on Instagram caused me to lose my job and to be called some rather ugly names that I never thought I'd be called. Suddenly, I went from the top of my career to no career at all. Canceled. Even friends that supported me privately wouldn't come near me publicly. I'm a Christian, and I do believe that God is working all things together for my good, but it was quite honestly one of the most devastating experiences of my life. But it was also strangely liberating. I woke up to a new world, full of uncertainty, but also full of opportunity. The opportunity to do something in short supply in the corporate world today. Tell the truth. I no longer had to be conflicted promoting ideas I don't agree with. And in these times of deceit, I counted a privilege to be able to speak honestly. That's what the AdWoke podcast is all about. I'm going to give it to you straight. We're going to occasionally laugh, and I'm going to say the things you're not allowed to say. Not because I just want to be provocative, although the truth is often provocative, but because I believe the truth will set you free. All right, welcome to the AdWoke Podcast. So we have covered diversity and inclusion in the last two podcasts. Um, Today, I want to take a deep dive on equity and its many seductive lies. But first, as always, a word from today's sponsor, DEI Mart. All right, school is back and DEI Mart wants to make sure your kid is woke and ready to learn critical race theory. With supplies like their America Sucks lunchbox, with four murals constantly reminding your kid of America's worst moments, like slavery and Jim Crow. And lunch bags that remind Junior that our founding fathers were very, very bad people. Or check out their not-so-peachy folder line, like the Shatter My White Fragility folder, and back by popular demand, the Math is White So I Don't Have to Do It themed folder. And don't forget the new line of binders that come in a wide range of flesh tones to match your kid's skin, helping to remind them that what's important about them is their melanin levels, not the content of their character. It's everything you need to make sure your kids are totally woke and indoctrinated by critical race theory. And it's all available now at DEI Mart. DEI Mart, where social justice is always in fashion. All right, we're going to pick it up now and talk about... Uh, equity on the AdWoke podcast today. We, we covered diversity and inclusion just real quickly. We talked about diversity uh, as really this idea of when we all look different, but all have a progressive worldview. Uh, when we have done that, we'll have achieved quote unquote diversity. And I know everybody having the exact same worldview would be the opposite of diversity, but that's what diversity actually means according to the, according to these DEI experts. And you can listen to my podcast entitled what the D in diversity really means where I make this case. And diversity, this definition of diversity is why all wrong thinkers of all stripes are being purged from corporate America or are currently in hiding. Uh, I also covered inclusion. Inclusion is not really about everyone belonging, uh, as you probably know. It's about using offense to gain control over other people. And this is done by introducing speech and behavior codes. And I covered this too on my podcast, The Weaponization of Inclusion. Uh, The idea here is that when we've embraced these two things that I just covered, diversity and inclusion, uh, we will then have achieved something that we're told is called, quote unquote, equity. Equity is the final perfected state of things which is promised to us once we've achieved diversity and inclusion. And at long last, we will all be equal. I want to put reverb on that. Now, it's important that we're clear about definitions because equity is not the same as equality. 
Equality is the idea that all men are created equal. This is the idea that the intrinsic value of all people is equal in God's eyes. Okay. Uh, this is that beautiful idea in our Declaration of Independence. It says uh, all men are created equal. And notice it does not say all men uh, are, are going to achieve equal outcomes. It says all men are created equal. Now, again, equality is the idea that we have equal worth in God's eyes, but this does not mean that all people will have equal wealth, equal jobs, equal height, equal size houses, drive equal cars, or have equal shoe size. Equality means that we're all equal before the law. And equality demands that we strive to give everyone an equal chance. We don't always do that perfectly, but that's what we should strive for. Uh, certainly, we don't always do it perfectly. Uh, one of the ways that uh, we, we do this, uh, give everybody an equal chance, is by not taking race or gender into consideration in the hiring process, because that would be inequality for the law, because you can't change your skin color or gender So for an employer to favor or conversely penalize someone for their skin color or gender would be to discriminate. And that's against the law, although it's happening in almost every Fortune 500 company right now across the country. And everybody knows this. All right. But the neo-Marxist progressives who are in charge of these DEI programs, this is their worldview. They are very, very clever folks. Yes, indeed. They are cleverly supplanting this idea of equality, this very American notion, for a new idea called equity. Now, equity, and this is what's so clever about it, and equality, they sound the same, but they're not the same. And it's important that when DEI gurus at your work or a head of diversity at your corporation talks about equity, that you catch this sleight of hand that's happening. So equity for the DEI advocates means this. It means discriminating by race and gender in order to redistribute resources and force equal outcomes in the name of fairness. One more time. Equity means to these DEI experts, discriminating by race and gender in order to redistribute resources and force equal outcomes, all in the name of fairness. Now, there's another word for this. It's called socialism and communism. It's that long-held dream of every progressive that we can all have equal outcomes in life, provided that we give some authority and power to redistribute resources like jobs, money, and access. Usually it's government that will do this. But in the case of corporations, it's the head of diversity and the HR department backed by the C-suite. If we just give them the power to coercively redistribute resources fairly within the corporation, the promotions, the jobs, the salary increases, then everyone can come out equal. Now, I'm just curious, two years into this whole DEI experiment or five years in, whatever we want to say, when you walk into your corporation, is everybody equal? Is the CEO making the same amount as the mailroom guy? Just asking. Just asking. Is everybody equal? Okay. Okay. Now, I want to say, I understand. And I just want to say this because I always want to do this. I always want to try to be fair. I want to say that I understand the desire for equal outcomes. I do. I get it. And I want to defend that progressive dream of equity uh, for everybody for a moment by saying I empathize with it. And, and see, when we look at the world, the progressive DEI crowd is saying we see this thing called inequity and the DEI crowd is right. The world is full of unequal outcomes. The rich are so rich and the poor are so poor. The beautiful and successful people have more beauty and success than they know what to do with. Some people have perfect physiques and others do not. Some people are tall and some are not. Some people are athletically gifted, but most are not. Some people have loads of charisma and others not so much. 
Some people are smart and some are not as smart and some people have incredible style and others not so much, even though that's somewhat subjective. But this is the reality of life. This is the universe that we inhabit. I always think of the Serengeti in Africa and I always think of it when it comes to equity because there is no equity on the Serengeti, is there? Uh, resources are not distributed equally. There are hierarchies in nature, like it or not. Uh, why are lions the king of the jungle? Why do they get so much strength? And how come they have so much dominion over the other animals? Life is not fair or equitable on the Serengeti. Uh, although no, no biologist would tell you this system is poorly designed. In fact, there's always a biologist saying that what we really need to do is not meddle in nature's hierarchical uh, systems, which are based in inequity, uh, because we'd mess them up. Uh, inequity is not only a feature of nature, but it also seems to make the system work. Nature needs hierarchies, and it needs every level of the system for the ecosystem to work. And I think that's the other thing that is kind of an interesting parallel there, is just because the lions may be the king of the jungle, it doesn't mean the ants, uh, you know, and uh, the hyenas and the zebras are any less important to the ecosystem. They all play a role, and you need them all. Uh, there's this principle known as the Matthew Principle. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's based, actually, it's a scientific principle, and it's based on a verse in the Bible in which Jesus talks about this reality of inequity, which is a feature of our universe. Let me read it to you. I don't think it's going to sit with you well, necessarily. Some of the, it's what Jesus would call a hard truth. Sometimes what he had to say, he would sort of give a caveat up front, this is going to be a hard truth. But it's simply an observation of the reality of inequity in the universe. And this is what the verse says, and this is Jesus talking. Matthew 25, 26. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Ugh, that's rough, man. Now, this is not Jesus necessarily saying this is the way that life should be, but instead I think he's saying this is the way life is in our fallen world. This is how things go, and we all know it. We see the Matthew principle play out all around us every day. Success begets more success. Those who have a lot seem to get even more, and those who have a little seem to get ever less. And this reality of inequitable outcomes, it, it doesn't sit with us well, and I get it. Why should Elon Musk not just be rich, but filthy rich? Why, why should LeBron not just be a better athlete, but be ridiculously better? Why is Beyonce so beautiful and then she gets to have the voice that goes with it too? It just, it seems unfair. Some people have so much and others have so little. To see that inequity um, right up against poverty and right up against people that are born with so many challenges uh, in their life, it bothers us. And I think it's human for it to bother us. Um, and so what the DEI folks would say is this, this inequity is a terrible injustice and we in our incredible knowledge and wisdom, we will fix it. We will fix the Matthew principle, this inequitable feature of the universe. That's my Thurston Howell the third. Uh, wasn't very good. Um, but that's what they think they're going to do. They think that they have the wisdom uh, and the knowledge uh, and somehow they can fix this, this reality of inequity in the universe. So in corporate America, how this complaint about inequity of outcomes most commonly manifests itself is by pointing out the lack of equitable representation. The DEI folks will say, why isn't there perfectly equitable representation of all people groups in the workplace? And this is where the DEI crowd goes off the rails. Their explanation for why there isn't equitable representation is always the same. It must be 
because of systemic racism and sexism. That's what they'll say. And what is the proof that racism and sexism is the cause of unequal representation in the workplace? Well, the proof is unequal representation in the workplace. It's also called circular logic, by the way, but that doesn't stop them. Uh, But there is no other factor that the DEI folks will even consider when it comes to a lack of equitable representation other than systemic racism and sexism uh, is the reason for it. This explains everything. They don't need to look any deeper into this. The lack of equitable representation is simply due to patriarchy, white privilege, unconscious bias, sexist attitudes, etc., etc., in other words, systemic racism and sexism. And this explains everything according to the DEI crowd case closed. All right. So when the DEI consultancy or expert comes waltzing into your corporation, when they inevitably see that people don't stack up perfectly in terms of representation inside the company, they immediately know that sexism and racism, conscious or unconscious, uh, is working at work inside of the building. They don't even need specific evidence of racism, sexism. They're never going to produce that. They're never going to show you that, right? They're just not. And they never provide that. What they're going to say is uh, it's systemic racism uh, and sexism. Uh, Remember, DEI is a faith, so they don't need evidence. Uh, What they'll say is the lack of perfectly distributed representation is the proof, and that's proof enough that the system of racism or systemic racism is at work, and that is the issue. All right, there's a couple of problems with this. And of course, one problem is you can't just jump to one causal factor and just stop there, right, when you're looking at a problem. That's called jumping to conclusions, and in the case of most DEI experts, it's called confirmation bias. Look, I found exactly what I already knew was there, racism and sexism. But of course, DEI experts come preloaded with their own bias, which is to say they come steeped in a critical race theory view of the world. They all do. So it's their own confirmation bias at work, right? They always talk about unconscious bias, but it's so funny that they never, they never implicate, implicate themselves in that. It's like, well, if we all have unconscious bias, well, what about yours? And their unconscious bias is they believe all of life's inequities can be explained by systemic racism and sexism. Therefore, that is what is going on inside of your corporation, of course. But does racism and sexism explain all inequality in terms of representation in corporations? So let's take my industry as an example, uh, because it's what I know. Uh, Being a creative, I was in the ad agency world and national agencies for 20 plus years. And so uh, I'm one of those folks known as a copywriter and art director, Uh, ended up becoming a chief creative officer, but my competency is writing. And I'm one of those guys who comes up with ideas for brands, all right? Uh, for brands like Taco Bell and Pepsi and a bunch of other brands I worked for, Call of Duty. Now, there's long been a lack of black representation inside of the advertising industry, particularly in the creative department. Now, is that due to racism? Now, I suppose that might explain some of it. Certainly in the past, that would explain some of it. But what I suspect is happening in creative departments and advertising is that many in the black community have not even been presented this career as a creative in advertising as an option. It's kind of a weird, kind of a niche job. It's not that well known what a creative and advertising even is. I try to tell people like my relatives and they don't really get it. Well, you're a copywriter? Does that mean you do patents? No, no. It's, uh, yes, I won't even uh, forget it. Most people don't really get it fully. 
people don't really understand what creatives do or how you get in. I suspect very few in the black community uh, know much about this career because not many people know about it in general, uh, period, right? And when you factor in the reality that black Americans account for about 13% of the population, roughly speaking, in this country, no wonder there's low representation overall in agency creative departments in terms of black talent. Even if it matched the population of, of black people in America, it would be, it would be one in 10. So there's a couple of reasons why uh, representation may not look as good as it should or as good as we'd like for black talent in, uh, in, in the creative departments of national ad agencies. Now, interestingly, my original mentor happened to be black and he helped me get my creative portfolio together. Uh, his name was Mike Whitlow, and really, sadly, he just passed away. Um, he was an awesome teacher, an awesome creative, and he was an excellent example of a black creative who had achieved gr- a great deal of success, helped a lot of people get in the business in advertising, and there are many more outstanding black creatives. But what I'm saying is, is this. The lack of representation of black talent in creative departments and ad agencies is not solely due to, by any means, racism, right? That's not the only reason. Uh, it could explain some of it. Now, am I saying there's no racism in advertising? Well, of course I'm not saying that. Of course racism happens because people are people and racism happens and will continue to happen as long as there are people. But what I am saying is, is it's unfair to simply lay the lack of black representation in creative departments and advertising only at the feet of racism. Another example. There's also historically been a lack of female representation in creative departments and national ad agencies. Is that primarily due to sexism? Well, if that were true, then you'd have to explain why women account for about half the jobs and agencies that I worked at, probably more than half. And in fact, I served under two different female CEOs. Women crush it in advertising, all right? Sexism could play a part and be a factor in some cases, but it doesn't sufficiently explain why historically women weren't as well represented in agency creative departments, okay? That's changing today, but there are likely other factors at play. Perhaps it comes down to passion. Perhaps women's interests or passions for certain jobs in the agency is greater than others. I know. I can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. Everyone is exactly the same. Were it not for social constructs that force us into various stereotypical roles, we would all be equal and like the exact same things in life. In any case, I digress. But the DEI crew says, nope, nope, nope. It's sexism. That's what explains the lack of female creatives in advertising. Case closed. And that brings us to another problem with equity as practiced today in corporations. And it's highly ironic. The remedy to systemic racism and sexism that DEI advocates say is the problem to begin with is, guess what? Implementing a system of racism and sexism. That's right. What do I mean? What do I mean by that? Well, in order to get equitable representation, DEI forces corporations to outright discriminate based on race and gender. Oh my goodness, how incredibly rich is this? DEI purports to fix racism and sexism with racism and sexism. Wow, look at that. In hiring and promotions, et cetera, et cetera. And you know this because you're living it right now. And I cannot tell you how many people uh, reach out to me on the side. Headhunters and clients that are blatantly telling me that they uh, don't want white people or white males in meetings. They're told this by headhunters. They don't want them as candidates for the C-suite. One friend of mine told me that a client told their agency there's too many pale and stale faces in their meetings with the agency. You know what that means. Too many old white faces. Yikes. What a welcoming environment. So inclusive. Unless you think I 
exaggerate. I want you to listen to Ibram X. Kendi, who is one of the foremost social justice thinkers of the day, who coined the term anti-racism, which is the idea that there is no neutrality on racism. You're either actively fighting racism or you're basically a racist. There's no in-between. Of course, to fight racism, you'll need to become an advocate for equity. In other words, you must become a socialist. And you must agree that all inequity is caused by systemic racism and sexism. Okay. Uh, that's basically the gist of anti-racism. And here's what Kendi has to say about racism and sexism being the answer to historical racism and sexism. Quote, The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination, says Ibram X. Kendi. He continues, The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. Ibram X. Kendi and how to be an anti-racist. There you have it. Kendi gets paid tens of thousands of dollars, I've seen his rates, they're outrageous, to lecture corporations on the value of discriminating in order to fix past discrimination. Again, this is a blatant violation of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, but of course not one Fortune 500 CEO has dared to speak up about it. They're all afraid to get sued or to be called a racist, of course, because Kendi also will say if you don't agree with his definitions, and this is how all the DEI folks <laughs> all work, then it's proof of your racism. You, you either agree with me or you're proving, you're showing your white fragility or you're showing your white privilege or you're demonstrating that you're a racist somehow or your unconscious bias is being put on some display. See, everything is circular logic with the DEI folks. It's also all projection. Essentially, Kenny is saying you should engage in good racism. Just make sure your racism is well-intentioned. Uh, that's what Kendi believes. There's, it's okay to be racist, just make sure you've got the right heart when you do it. So in order to achieve equity, you're going to have to discriminate, okay? It's funny, I once challenged a friend who happened to be in HR on this issue of discrimination. They happened to be conservative, and I thought uh, we might align on this. And I brought up the issue of discrimination in the name of equity and mentioned in my issues with it and they said but it's for a good cause right and I was like no it's wrong discrimination is always wrong we are going backwards people this is a bad prescription this is going to lead to increased racial tensions this is going to hurt everyone involved and this is why I said in the last podcast you have to at least consider that the people injecting this into the corporation diversity, equity, inclusion, understand. I'm not talking every single person or every person that works in diversity, equity, inclusion roles inside of ad agencies and corporations, but I am saying that the authors of this thinking are critical race theorists and the, the idea of diversity, equity, inclusion is to really beautifully package up for corporate consumption an ideology that is going to throw sand in the gears. It's going to completely just lock a corporation up it's going to problem, cause problematizing of every uh, racial issue. It's going to cause speech codes, anger, division, uh, discrimination, and it is going to increase racial tensions and it's going to hurt everyone involved. Obviously, discrimination, no matter how well-intentioned, no matter what, it's wrong in principle. It obviously also, though, hurts whoever's on the other end of the discrimination over race and sex because that person cannot do anything about their race or sex. They're stuck. That's why it's so wrong to penalize them for it, for any reason. But let's just say for a second, you're on the beneficial side of the discrimination. You benefit because maybe you find yourself in a protected class or suddenly being promoted, et cetera, et cetera, due to your skin color or gender. What could be so bad about that, you say? Well, I'm glad you said that. 
you didn't really say that, but let's talk about that for a second. So you benefit from the discrimination. Um, why is that ultimately not in your best interest either? And I'm going to give one example. I, I once had worked with a female coworker who was promoted to a very high position on a very large account. Now, um, why did that happen? Well, because people at the time wanted to see more female representation in the creative department's leadership. They wanted more equity. Well, this person was not ready for the role. And when I was around her, I could see how stressed out and anxious she was about the role, which is totally understandable. Uh, I think obviously she had the talent or she wouldn't have been considered for the leadership role, but it was also clear that she needed some help. Maybe needed a little bit more mentorship or perhaps the right partner um, might have helped. But the point is she was advanced into the position too quick and not long after she burned out, uh, lost the role, um, and the client bailed on the agency. And I remember thinking this all could have been avoided. Just a little more mentorship, a little more time to improve her skills, and she had every likelihood of succeeding. But because the equity agenda, you know, she was thrusted into this position as a creative leader too soon and it destroyed her confidence. And ultimately the account, again, which is quite large, was lost by the agency. But my point is everyone loses when we evaluate someone on any other factor other than whether that person is qualified and capable of doing the job. We want people of color and women to succeed. That means opportunity to do so for sure, but it also means the right opportunity at the right time. We also never want people to feel that they've earned a position by their skin color or gender. Uh, That would be damaging to someone's confidence to even suspect that. At the end of the day, no one wants to feel that they've been given something that they have not earned or they're not ready for. It feels cheap. It makes people question themselves and it makes others question those individuals and that too is bad for everyone. We want people to have a chance to truly succeed and to build real self-esteem, and that takes time, mentorship, and experience. Equity shortcuts all that. It falsely diagnoses all inequitable representation as a result of systemic racism and sexism, and then it purports to fix it with, yes, systemic racism and sexism. It also blatantly discriminates against white individuals and especially white males, as well as Asians in many cases, um, and, and frankly, any group that Uh, the critical race theory sort of DEI worldview sees as too successful. Um, This is a disaster for human relations, and it will not fix the problem except superficially. So what you end up with is high turnover with equity hires trading in and out of corporations or being sort of left in the corner to rot after they've been hired. Uh, Meanwhile, companies outsource the work to freelancers while touting their equitable uh, representation. Inevitably, Uh, the work gets worse because the only criteria that is actually fair and productive and workable is merit and hard work. Now, of course, the DEI crowd would like to call merit and hard work whiteness, as if merit and hard work are white values, which is a complete insult to people of color and is totally a disgusting idea and condescending. But then the DEI crowd are racist and into racial divisions, so are you really surprised that they would say this? And they do say that. You can look at the Smithsonian uh, defined whiteness. And that was one of the things they said is that merit and hard work and showing up on time are white values, which is, is just so ridiculous and so insulting uh, to people of color. So wrapping up, inequity is unfortunately a feature of life. And the DEI experts can't fix it, but still they want to try to by engaging in some new forms of discrimination. And they basically admit that. 
That hurts everyone, the company, the work, and ultimately the people. And it's against the law. And I keep saying that someone should sue these corporations massively. I know there are a couple of cases out there, but there just needs to be more lawsuits because they, these are all blatant violations of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You've literally installed in every Fortune 500 company officers that are just violating the law left and right in corporate America. And ultimately, the DEI crowd does make a true observation. Inequity is real. It is everywhere. And it's not just in America either. Take a look at societies, namely communist countries like Venezuela and North Korea, and, and you can go back in history in Stalin's Russia, uh, Castro's Cuba, uh, even the current regime that's there now. These are societies that claim uh, that they believe in equity, that they believe in everybody coming out the same. And you'll never see more inequity than inside of those societies. Even just if you want just to look inside of the United States, look at blue states. They talk about equity constantly, but they have the greatest levels of inequality in America, and that's a fact. Go to California. Look at the homeless problem on the streets. Gavin Newsom will talk about equity more than anybody. There's health equity and vaccine equity, and um, they're always talking about equity in California, and there is the biggest wealth gap in the entire country probably in California. DEI attempts to fix inequity, this feature of life, with a very tempting lie, ultimately. And basically that lie is this. If you're not doing as well as someone else, well, that's because the system is against you. And of course, we're all tempted to believe the cause of our problems is someone or something else. It's tempting to believe that I'm only where I'm at because life's unfair and the system's unfair. And you know what? Life is unfair. And sometimes the system is unfair, too. But what's the right response? To double down on discrimination? I don't think so. I think it's to do everything you know how to do to change your situation, to work on what you can control, your skills, your education, your level of effort. Is there racism and sexism? Way less than there used to be, but it still happens and it will still happen. But what's the answer? Ibram X. Kendi's solution to engage in good racism in which you discriminate to remedy past discrimination? We got to reject that. We have to reject that as a country. In the end, equity is just the same old false promise of socialists and communists. If you give us power, we'll make all the unfairness in your life go away. It's a false promise they can never deliver on. The Matthew principle is real. Inequity is sadly a feature of the universe. But as a response, we're not called to envy or to practice partiality in an effort to fix inequity. And two wrongs won't make a right. Furthermore, in the name of equity, we're purging people for being wrong thinkers because diversity says only those with a progressive worldview qualify as, quote, diverse. We're introducing speech and behavior codes by weaponizing inclusion. We're essentially creating an incredibly politicized and hostile workplace, all in pursuit of this fevered dream that never can be reached called equity, which is really just an excuse to discriminate against people and feel good about it. I know many of you have been openly discriminated against thanks to the false promises of DEI. And I would just say, in your own way, in your own time, just find the courage to speak up. We're being mentally groomed right now to accept a new America in which discrimination and racism is normative. We're being groomed to accept the idea that some central authority figure or entity can fix all the ills in the world. All we have to do is hand over our personal freedom, our bodily autonomy, our sense of wrong and right, in exchange for all this. And then the DEI experts, the authorities, will make everything fair and equitable. Well, it's a lie. And I think I now truly understand the old saying, 
the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, nothing is free. If someone tells you they can make everything fair and equitable for you, you should ask yourself, what do they really want? Usually the answer is power, power over you and other people. The truth is we live in a fallen world in which inequity will exist until the creator sets things right and restores what was lost way back in the garden. And he will do that. He promises to do that. All of creation yearns for this. In fact, your desire for justice is is the natural human yearning. And again, all of nature yearns for it. True justice will be restored, but we won't get there by embracing discrimination in the name of equity and cashing in on our integrity and principles along the way. Thanks for joining the AdWoke podcast. I'm committed to exposing corporate wokery. Until next time, remember you're not crazy. They are. Hang in there.